0: hey guys welcome to bagging broadcast episode number 517 i'm chris i'm john and i'm paul and we're a weekly podcast that comes to
1: you
2: in three ways the first being the week in geek bringing you the top geek stories of the past week next is the list the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out march 22nd 2023
0: yes Nailed it. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you our monthly trade and policy review. And this week we're going to be talking about Something is Killing the Children, Volume 1. I read this book over a month ago. Hey, I read it today. Me too. Hey, I'll drink to that. (laughs) And Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a couple beers from one of my local breweries. Uh, The three beers I have tonight are coming from Orlando's own Dead Lizard Brewing Company, uh, who is sadly closing at the end of this week. Uh, They found out recently that their landlord is trying to, like, skyrocket their rent and isn't willing to work with them. So they are closing down, uh, currently in the process of looking for somewhere else to go. Uh, So stay tuned when they'll be coming back.
2: Uh that's too bad. That oh, and I'm thinking Dead
0: Lizard. That's not the one that we used to go to. It's the we didn't go there before. It's like yeah. the the smaller one. It's like the family run place. Like they had the bar, like the tables. Yeah, yeah they had the nice leather chairs out back. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun.
2: That was a fun little space. Yeah, back. yeah. So, broken so strength. Come... That's what I'm thinking of that I haven't been to. Dead yes. Lizard. Dead Lizard had the really good uh, hazelnut stout. I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh,
1: they're also known for their mayo nuts
0: (laughs) they got these mayo nuts you guys gotta try them um so you know i when they announced that they were closing i was like well i need to go back one more time so we went there the other day after i picked yanni up from work just to get like um quick bite to eat for lunch a couple beers and i just brought some stuff home just to to have uh so i'm starting off with their key lime chameleon and this is a cream sick ale and uh This is an ale brewed with vanilla and key lime. Uh, 6.2% ABV. This is delightful. Uh, This is the last one of these I have. I was going to try to pace myself on these beers, but since I haven't gone beer shopping, uh, I'm basically already burned through the three, four packs that I picked up. Uh, But this has everything you would want from like a key lime pie ale. Uh, I drank one of these when I was sitting out on the porch reading uh something is killing the shoulder today, and it was a perfect porch drinking beer. Uh right amount of sweetness from that vanilla, a very nice tart lime taste to it, uh, but it doesn't overdo it. Uh yeah. Delightful. Nice. I'm
2: drinking a nice porch beer as well. Uh from Eli Fish Brewing Company out of uh Batavia, New York. I'm drinking their Neo pills Uh Pilsner style lager. Um And this has uh, Saz hops in it. And this is lagered for two months. Um, This is a nice drinking beer. Um, I've had better pilsners, but for a pilsner, this is something I wouldn't. I I have no complaints about it. It's just a nice drinking beer. A hot summer day coming in from mowing the yard. It probably tastes amazing. Uh, Sitting in a leather chair, doing a podcast with two best friends, it's a good drinking beer.
1: Rubbing in that leather chair. Oh, it's
2: so comfy, this chair that I'm recording from.
1: That's why everybody calls you a leather daddy. <laughs> <So> you <laughs> love your leather chair. That's
2: not the only reason.
1: What other reason could there be? <laughs> I'm drinking from Bell's Brewery, a place that we visited uh, back when Chris lived up in Michigan. Uh, They're Probably flagship beer. This is probably the beer they're most known for. Maybe. Uh, Two-Hearted IPA. This is their American IPA. And this is just a solid, all-around good, uh, 7% bitter, kind of not quite East Coast, but still got some juiciness to it. Still got some good bittering to it. American IPA. Um, I don't know how they would try to improve on upon it. But guess what? They released a variety pack in 12-pack where they try to improve upon it or at least give you some variations. So, um, yeah, this is a standard. Standard. It's decent. I enjoy it. So let's see how the others stack up later on.
0: Yeah, but Two Hearts is just a great all-around IPA. Like, mm-hmm. It's one of those beers that when I was in Michigan, you could find at every single bar or brew pub you would go to it's just omnipresent up there
1: it's michigan's it's uh buffalo we have the hay burner american ipa and i think that's probably the closest you you would get from a buffalo brewery to the two-hearted ipa in notoriety flavor profile and uh just popularity.
2: Yeah. It's Two hearted for, I think, the last, what, like, five years, if not more, has been voted, like, best IPA in America by the Brewers Association.
0: Yeah, it holds up. I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the rest of them, Paul. And you know what else I look forward to hearing out about? Why the- they call John Leather Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, the news, of course, and the Week in Geek this leather chair we
2: talked
1: about it so chris you you were a, a busy boy today sending us a lot of news because i'm day. on vacation bitches I I do anything most...
0: besides play video games drink beer and read comic books so and tomorrow going... edit this podcast when so it comes out oh that was nice thank you <clears throat> no worries just uh just remember to save it and <laughs> i'll
1: do it well it saves it automatically on the, uh, in the chat. So noise. Um, so I was most interested with the news he sent at about 428 PM today, which was David. Gosh, I don't timestamp time it, Paul. And Justin Britt Gibson are exiting the star Wars movies. Was this two <laughs> different movies or the same movie? They
0: were, uh, I believe it's the same movie that they were going to be working on together. Um, Announced a few years ago that Lucasfilm was bringing in a bunch of A list creative talent to tell stories in the Star Wars universe. And one by one, we've slowly seen these kind of fade out or get canceled or just altogether disappear. Um, the guys behind Game of Thrones were supposed to be doing one. That's not happening anymore. Ryan Johnson's, I think, is just slowly. Fading out because now he just wants to do his knives out murder mysteries things, which is fine. Hey, that works great for him. People love those. Uh, Patty Jenkins. He's <clears hopefully throat> still doing hers. We'll see. Uh, yeah, It's
1: on like a hold. Like, or, you know, it keeps on getting pushed back. So
0: Kevin Feige no longer working on something for Star Wars. Uh, and now here we are with Dave Lindelof, who you may know as one of the creative forces behind the classic tv show lost um he was going to be working on star wars but uh came out today just saying that no he's not and he kind of equated it to uh cooking and you might want to cook something but if you're going to walk into the kitchen and you just can't do it is it even worth trying to do so this seemed more like he's stepping away from it because it's something that he loves and cares about but he doesn't think he can just do the type of story that he wants to tell which i think is is fine like i have no issues with creators saying you know what i'm not going to phone it in i'm not going to just do something to do it uh that's that's fine
2: yeah and if if the story that somebody wants to tell is not lining up with star wars and lucasfilm's we're better off not having them concede to things and not telling the story they want. Cause I don't think in the end you're going to get a a good movie from them. So find somebody who's got the story that fits with everything. But also I think they're just trying to not be paying people to maybe not do any, not doing the work that they want, but also, it sounds a little bit like Bob Iger's kind of cleaning house and straightening everything up and let's make everything that we're going to do with Star Wars more relevant. Not just name a bunch of stuff, throw
0: it at the wall, see if people are excited about it, and then may or we may or may not make it. And that kind of also segues over to the other story I had shared, <clears> too, <throat> with longtime Marvel producer Victoria Alonso out of the studio as well. This one, there's not as much out there like there's no real interviews nothing from her saying like what happened or what's going on but to kind of your point um it does sound like they are taking a long hard look at what they're doing in some of these i don't want to call them like satellite studios but it's all under the disney umbrella like but you know lucasville marvel uh where they're really taking a look just at the content and the quality of that content that they're putting out and how they're starting to just battle those diminishing returns now like we're not getting every marvel movie being a billion dollar earner now and i know that's something that they would probably love to get back to but what kind of concessions do you need to make to get back to that how do you make everything feel like an event again when everything that you're putting out is supposed to be an event well now nothing's an event so it's it's a weird and interesting time for movies i think
1: Yeah, it's just, (laughs) these 10, they're such, I think since the uh, movie theaters have opened back up, the degree of risk has increased so dramatically for these big budgeted movies where either become, they actually hit the mark and actually make a ton of money or they're just doomed to like, oh yeah, some people want to see it, but that's about it. And speaking of which, box office numbers have come in for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Beep, 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 uh, beep, 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 beep. And this will impact our summer movie uh, bracket buster. What is it again? Summer uh, movie. It's the
0: summer movie blockbuster bracket buster number five, The Buster Strikes Back.
1: Hmm. Thank you, Chris. And this movie, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, opened here domestically. And less theaters than the original by about 150. Now is that because some theaters have closed since the pandemic? Maybe, maybe it's because they just you know decided to show other things. But this what what else did it go up against this weekend? Was it a um, big list?
2: No, no, not I really. don't think so. And it <clears throat>
1: only and it opened with 30.1 million dollars
0: domestically. So. Uh, again, we're recording this Tuesday after the opening weekend. So the other stuff that's out in the theaters currently that it's going up against is Scream 6, Creed 3, um, 65, which is the Adam Driver space-fighting dinosaurs movie, and Cocaine Bear. <clears throat> as well as uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Media, which is still in theaters as yeah, but the well, but not other, part of the
1: Bracket Buster. But the only other openings were moving on inside... UFC fight two hundred and eighty six. Oh. The innocent, and then I, I'm I'm scrolled down to like things that only made six thousand dollars. So opening weekend, UFC fight made one hundred thirty two thousand. Um. Yeah. It, this is a big drop off from the original opening. This is a twenty and twenty three million. $23.4 million drop off from the opening weekend of the original Shazam that came out in April of 2019, um, domestically as well. And it's mean,
0: it not in... too
2: bad. I mean, See, 20... that's
0: what I thought too, because it's a sequel to a movie that came out, you know, four years ago now in a universe that's known for having issues. And, we, and this is all stuff that we kind of discussed. Right last week when he we did the bracket buster, but I feel like only missing out on $20 million from your first movie isn't absolutely terrible. Like that's not And horrendous. then especially when
2: it's, it's taken four years for this movie to come out, but also then it's like, is this movie part of a dead universe? That's not going to be continued on. So where's my investment? Of going to see this. Are they going to wrap up the Shazam saga? <clears throat> no. They're not. <clears throat> they're going to. Tease some stuff. To connect it to Black Adam. Which,
0: Maybe. which, you know, isn't which, gonna gonna which is going to happen. going to happen. But also so, just to kind of put it into something. Uh, different. Because yes. Scream 6 just came out To Scream 6 did $44 million. Opening weekend. Scream 5. Did 30 million dollars so both of those movies you know not a crazy amount yes scream six has done more but also scream five came out last year 2022 scream six is out now so i think scream five had enough buzz still after it like that they were able like to strike and people people turned out i mean four years later is a long time like between movies when the other movies that are part of this universe people just haven't liked. I mean Suicide Squad came out since then. I loved it, but you know it's a different Suicide Squad from what we had before. It's not part of that universe even though it is. Black Adam, nobody cared about. Um what was the other one? Oh yeah, Zach Snyder's Zack Snyder's Justice League came out. That was just <laughs> on HBO. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but again, like, that's the one people were clamoring for. It came out and everyone was like, oh, somehow it's longer and grayer than it was before. So I was thinking about John his chair again. <laughs> uh,
2: <the> th- <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, but if you are clamoring for more Zack Snyder, he is having SnyderCon April 28th through the 30th where you get to go to uh the Pasadena Art Center that holds 214 seats and watch Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman and The Justice League with Q&As with the man Zack
0: Snyder. I in our chat thread when you sent this, I said I'm okay with this because the money is going towards a suicide prevention charity and it doesn't seem like they're trying to have it be like the be-all end-all event like it seems like it's just something to get people out there raise money for something and he's doing something like after each one of the showings like with the question and answer panels and like they said they're going to have like special t-shirts and merchandise to sell it's not like it's it's not a cash
2: it's not not a cash grab
0: it's not like a hey guys I <clears throat> my universe isn't a thing, but let's show them what it could be. Like it's basically like, hey, like here, here's a, a cool thing because he's. I think if they did offer him something back at DC, he probably wouldn't go ahead with it because he's doing his own thing now too. Like he's Ryan Johnsoning it. He's doing his uh his Netflix Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, Missing Moon. Uh, Rebel something. Moon. Rebel Moon. Which I'm well, I'm inter- interested in. Um. I rewatched uh, his say, Dawn of the you, Dead the other day.
2: Yes, but his Batista zombie movie we were gonna review for a movie fix.
0: Oh, City I, of the neither,
2: Dead.
0: Neither one of them. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get through it. I, I like, didn't try. It, my mom saw it. My mom really liked it. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think when he does do his own thing, he seems to be more more into it. I don't know.
1: So this con, all it is, is a screening. Each day it's a different movie getting screened and then like a Q&A panel or just a talk and signings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Friday, Man of Steel, Saturday, Batman v. Superman, Sunday, Justice
0: League. Sorry, IMAX, Paul, Paul, you have to say it Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh. Anytime something Sunday, happens on a Sunday. Sunday, Sunday.
1: Zack Snyder's presents... Justice League, the way it was meant to be seen, on the biggest screen you can get, IMAX, where Universal, Universal City Walk. I didn't know but we were doing a dramatic
2: meeting.
0: <laughs> 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 I love when Paul's making the commitment to get really into something, but he's definitely not prepared to do it. <laughs> And it instantly gets away from him. Like, I (laughs) have to keep doing this voice now, and I don't know what
1: to say. There, no, there was the. I wanted to make the joke because Sunday, Sunday, run, don't walk, and a Universal City walk. I knew there was a way to get there, Ah. and I wanted. But sometimes, sometimes I'd take like a trip around the block before I actually get to the joke I want to, and that's unfortunate. And you have all the control in the world about it. <laughs> yep, I could turn on that computer anytime I wanted.
0: Like I said, it's I'm yep. okay with this. Um, I do still want to see Shazam Fury of the Gods to kind of circle back to the Bracket Buster. Um, but much like everybody else, like I don't feel the need to like run right out to see it because I know it's going to be or, or take a on HBO. HP- yeah. Or because it's, it's going to be on HBO Max in like a month anyway. So that's something I think studios need to deal with and work with because you're ultimately hurting yourself.
1: Yeah. But the thing with HBO Max, it might be on HBO Max and then it'll just be gone. No worries. No warnings. No. No
2: pair.
0: Just gone. Yeah. But we will get to talk more about Shazam next week, because this week we do have John Wick Chapter 4 coming out. And Shazam's actually going up against that one for the next spot on the Bracket Buster. So we'll see if uh, Keanu Reeves is able to get people into the theater where Shazam wasn't.
2: Where,
1: uh, yeah, I want to look at uh, what did we all pick? Okay, John, you, you're you're feeling pretty good with your John Wick pick, I'm assuming. Yeah, Chris, feeling nervous with Shazam. I'm did, not. You have,
2: did you have Shazam going farther?
0: I had Shazam go past John Wick.
1: Mm, yeah, and then and I picked John Wick, so none of us picked Shazam going that far. Like Chris is, Chris, then has. Shazam going up against Spider-Man, and everything gets webbed up by by that Spider-Man. I think we all picked Spider-Man to go on, yeah. on right?
2: We did. Yeah, except for the finale was Spider-Man and uh, Mission Impossible for me, and I picked Mission Impossible. And then, who did you pick to win overall? You got Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible.
1: Okay, let me copy and paste that for you, bud.
2: Oh, did I not put it in there?
1: You did not pick the final winner, no. Well, it, not. It was. He had impossible. it going up against. Uh, flash, what? but he what? kept on misspelling the flash with F L A D H, and I'm like, I'm like,
2: hey, wh- my brackets are private,
1: Paul. <laughs> what are you voting in my brackets? <laughs> it's not.
2: It's a public. No, it's not private. We all shared the bracket. It's on a shared dock. You know, this is just like you, like, telling me to move my camera lower so you can see my hog. Yeah. It's weird that you have a pig in the room with you. Hey.
1: But you know what's not weird? Us buying comic books. <laughs> or is there more news? I don't even know. No, that's all I had. <clears throat>
0: uh,
1: comic books coming out March twenty
0: twenty 20- 22nd.
1: 22nd. <laughs> Tomorrow, 2023. We're doing this under the wire folks. <laughs> it's like 3 hours before it's before it is 2022 <laughs> or it's March 22nd. Let's go. That's fine. We got this. You no, know, I feel like we're coming in for a reckoning much like Wonder Woman is with number Wonder Woman 797 Reckoning Part 1 The Champion's Heart. That's right. Diana has decided to, you know, take upon the mantle of a god for herself, and uh, we're going to see what happens to the world as Diana steps into her new role as a goddess of the Pantheon. So, it's apparently Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods tie-in. I read one of the Lazarus planets um, thing with the gods, and I don't remember her taking upon the power of the gods, but whatever. We're going to see this. This is uh, leading up to the reboot of wonder woman that will be happening i think with issue 800 maybe with uh when she finally gets her uh what is it called dawn of dc uh after uh issue 800 so
2: there we go i'm excited john what are you excited for buddy uh i'm looking forward to a new comic book coming out from john clark and artist matthew Piera, and this is pop-up number one. This um <clears throat> is gonna be an anthology comic book. Um, there's a pop-up m- museum that arrives, and each comic book is gonna tell the story of one of the supernatural cursed objects that are in this pop-up museum. Uh so the first one will be exhibit a The Gruesome Granny. Uh, but this seems kind of fun. Um I thought it would be nice to have like kind of an anthology book where each issue would be something from this macabre museum.
1: Hey,
0: Hey. I like
1: an anthology and I've been disappointed by the stuff that Archie horror, Archie comics have been doing. So
2: yeah, there's an Archie one
1: coming out this, uh, this week. It's the pops. And I'm like, I'm done. I can't do another one of these menu of the macabre or something like that i don't know
2: chris yeah, pop pop-up
0: granny <laughs> what are you looking forward to buddy i'm looking forward to Peter and john explain what pop-up granny means <laughs> um, <laughs> but i'm actually looking forward to a book coming out from image comics and this is inferno girl red number three and this is another part of the kyle higgins-led massive verse uh this is actually the end of this mini series written by matt groom art by erica de urso um it's much like the rest of them it is a person coming upon superpowers that gives them almost like that power rangers type costume um This one is a young girl, Cassia, who's actually going to like a special STEM school that gets launched up into the sky and is being attacked by like a shadow monster. Um, Only three issue miniseries, but each one of these issues has been like 56 pages. A lot of fun, just bright kinetic energy. Um, I didn't talk about the first two except for when i think i did like our look forward for the year i talked about it just just briefly as being part of the massive verse that i'm really looking forward to seeing more of um but yeah uh the end of the series but she will be coming back with the super massive series that's going to be coming up in the next couple months cool. uh, featuring all of these characters in their first big crossover cool it is cool
2: are we ready for our next beer or I can yeah. be ready. I
0: just need to go get it.
2: Uh, John, you want to start us off? And by the time yeah. Chris comes back, he'll be ready for his. Uh, I am having from Thin Man Brewery their mm-hmm. Super Freak IPA, 5.8%. Um, this was brewed to be a, uh, you had mentioned Hayburner from Big Ditch. This is their attempt to... Capture the magic, the lightning that Big Ditch captured with Hayburner. Um, And it's good. I think I would take a Hayburner on draft from Big Ditch over this any day. But this is a nice lower ABV IPA. Um, But it's nothing crazy it's not like oh my gosh this is the liquid of the gods like i can't wait to to drink more of these it's solid it's drinkable i like it but there's a million better ipas mm-hmm. Um, i was going to drink from uh eli fish their old stumpy boy which is a black lager blended with a bourbon barrel aged barley wine it tastes pretty good but i think there's something wrong with the can there's no carbonation it's very flat very syrupy so i think there's something wrong with my can and i didn't want to just open another one um right off the bat after this so hoping that that beer is good the barrel in it is nice um the barley wine e-ness to it is nice um there's just some, it's just not, it's there's something wrong with it. Mm. Very so flat. That.
1: But you know what's isn't flat? A hazy hearted IPA from Bells. This is their hazy take on the two hearted. And this is good. This is delivering a nice, like more West Coast or East Coast uh, IPA, New England style IPA version of the. Uh, too hard, it is. It's unfortunately once they do this, there's nothing about this beer that makes me think of too hard, it though. And I don't think that's fair. It's just if Bill t- said called it anything else, like I would be like, Yeah, it's a decent hazy IPA. It's not, but it's all not hentai
0: like- backsplash. Yeah,
1: if they called to that, I would be like, yeah, that's a decent uh, hazy IPA.
2: Well, Bell's put out out their official IPA, which was a hazy IPA that has struggled for any type of sales for the last three years, four years that they've had it
0: out. It actually might have even been longer. Um, I think it's been longer because I think I had it when I lived in Michigan. Maybe not. Maybe I had it when I first moved down here. But I remember having it being like, oh, this is fine. It wasn't better than Two-Hearted, though.
2: No, and I think they're using the name of Two-Hearted to capitalize on a variety pack to make it sell, much like Voodoo Ranger has from New Belgium has their Voodoo Ranger pack. I think they're just using that Two-Hearted line to show it's their IPAs.
1: Yeah, and that's fine, except the thing that I would like on this can— is like give me like, oh, this is the hops that we use. These are the, you know. You want the story. I want the story. And there's nothing on the scan that gives me the story that actually links it to. Like, hey, this is what we changed to make this his hazy. This is the baseline recipe that we started with for two-hearted. This is this is the minor tweaks that we did to give us a hazy version of it. But this feels tastes so far afield from the regular two hearted that I can't get back to it. It's not bad, it's a decent beer. I'm glad I'm drinking it. I'm happy that I have it. But I do want yeah, I kinda want the story. Chris, what are you drinking? I'm hoping John's looking up the story. I was seeing if they had a story. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. I appreciate your book.
0: Uh is it gonna be a dramatic reading though? Chris, are you but what are you drinking? Um I am drinking my next beer from Dead Lizard I'm like, Brew. we're not ready
1: for a Dramatic No, beer.
0: I, I was asking John if it was going to be, if there is a story. Um, Much like John's, I think something was wrong with my can of this, because I have had uh, one other one of these, and it also fizzed up when I opened the can. This one did as well. Uh, But this is their Okay Fine, and this is a Sour Cherry Berliner Weiss. Um, don't know the A, B, B's, 5.5%. Um, so... I do think something was off with this can. It doesn't necessarily taste like a Berliner Weiss. It tastes more like a Hefeweizen with a tart cherry, which I'm okay with because I think that's a very good style of beer, and that's a flavor that works well alongside of it. Um, so on a Berliner Weiss scare, scale, no. But as just like a sour cherry beer, yes. Um it's it's good. Hmm. I, I I don't have much else to say because again it is off so I feel like I can't
2: judge yeah, you know, it as it is
0: because it yeah. it's not what it's supposed to be but what it wound up being is still okay. It's not it it's not a job like situation.
1: Yeah, kind of like the one time we had that uh, what was it the uh, leprechaun
2: druid from clown shoes. <clears throat> yeah, it was supposed to be a barrel aged. Um, Irish Red, and it was a sour beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really find the story, but I think they're uh, it basically just says hazy comes and hazy goes, but none. This much heart. The tropical and fruity aromas of a hazy IPA finish smooth. Hazy hearted IPA. Finally. <clears throat> <clears throat> and then they have ingredients, water, malt, hops, wheat, oats. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't really give you anything. I have to say, you read that like a true leather daddy, and I appreciate that. Um <laughs> uh, they do say about this variety pack, uh, you keep asking for variety packs, so here is another one. After 25 years of IPA perfection, we took everything that makes Two Hearted special and brewed three new distinct IPAs. Uh, one new release one exclusive and one experimental all alongside the iconic <coughs> original how's that for a variety so i think they were taking the two-hearted name and then doing different versions of it um you're gonna see this summer um <coughs> um an oberon variety pack i'm sorry uh, uh, what, what time oberon summertime no this summer, this summer, you're going to see an Oberon, <laughs> an Oberon <laughs> variety pack. Uh, so, so I think they're just trying to capitalize on that thing that people are are looking for. Variety packs have been a huge grower, a huge grower for beer sales because people want to spend less money for more beers. And basically you get two six packs for cheaper than buying two six-packs with a variety pack. Um, I, so it's
0: been a huge growing category. I do appreciate the sampler pack. It makes doing a beer podcast super easy and cost-effective <laughs> as well. But to bike Paul's Two-Hearted, the upcoming Oberon pack, even the all-day, yeah. like you need to do something with those beers to make them stand out and be as good or better than what you're basing that pack off of because Oberon's delicious like again I've talked about it before on the show when Oberon comes out in Michigan it's like national holiday where everybody has like you know the sandwich board signs outside their bars it's like Oberon's here like we got it oh you guys do you guys see we have Oberon Oberon's back like people get jazzed for it. And then when they started doing, like, the specialty versions of it, because there's, like, the tropical one, um, there's, like, another one, too. It's, like, I can't remember what it was. When I try them, I'm like, no, just give me the regular Oberon. Like, that's fine. Give me just the regular Two-Hearted. Give me just the regular all-day IPA. Like, if you're going to do a different version of it, have it be, like, wow, yes, this stands up to that name and maybe it's a personal taste maybe that's other people have loved them but for me it's just nothing's been the same i don't disagree with what
2: you're saying chris but i think we have a different standard than your average beer drinkers who they're trying to get back to drinking their product Mm -hmm. because even us like the last time i had a two-hearted Because I grabbed the cold IPA out of this and drank it on the podcast. But the last time I had a two-hearted is when we purposely bought it for doing black IPA, blending them together. Before that, I couldn't tell you when the last time I had a two-hearted was. And I think they just want to get you back. They just want to get you back. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And same thing with sales are starting to shrink on on, uh, all day. Get an all-day variety pack out there. Get people back to it. And Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium has just been crushing it. So everybody is finally like, oh, people want variety packs again. Let's let's do it. Let's let's capitalize on what they were
0: doing and being successful with. And I think New Belgium's doing it well because all those beers are pretty good. Yeah, like no, besides they do.
2: They, the do they all hold they all the, hold the fruit
0: up. punch one that yeah, you guys had and I had. Like all of of the course. other oh. like Ranger whatever you want to call them, like iterations, very vari- variations are still really good and, and they just all- happen to be like a take on a different beer.
2: Yeah. And they're not they're like when you see the Voodoo Ranger, you don't think, "Oh, this is a variation of that original Ranger." They all stand on their own as different. Different beers, where uh, granted, like Paul, like you said, like it's just too harded. You think, oh, these are some type of take on too harded. Is it the same hops? Yeah. We don't know. Is are they just are they d- dry hopping it and doing what you would do to yeah. make a New England with the same the same beer and ingredients? We don't know. But I like I enjoy the cold IPA that Paul will probably be drinking soon. Is that but it's, experimental. I think so. Yes, should be like seven point one. Doesn't matter. Six
1: point eight. Six point eight. And yeah. it doesn't tell me what it, what's experimental about it. Other, than, but I thought experimental meant it used an experimental hop.
2: <clears throat> Not anymore. Because most of those experimental hops, they were called that because they didn't have names. Mm-hmm. Now they've all been, they're all basically named. Man, I knew
1: that I should have signed up for that online thing to have a star registered under my name, and it came with a hop that I could name.
2: You know, I should have done it. It was a two pack. Man, Paul, if you had named that, Paul McGout has a huge hog. (laughs) Everybody would be talking (laughs) about it if it was a good hop. (laughs) Oh. Do you have that new other half beer? It's got that tall, McGowan's got a
0: huge <laughs> hog beer. Hop in it. I don't have, no, no, no! It. You don't. You don't have that one. I'll, I don't I'll have. have a,
1: the... I don't own a motorcycle. I will never own a motorcycle. So I don't understand what this is. What you're talking about?
0: They're out. They're out of that one. But uh, they do have the John's leather daddy chair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and <I> now. <laughs> You guys can be jealous if you want. That's all, that's all.
1: And now, the Bagman Broadcast presents a dramatic reading from Something is Killing the Children, Volume 1, page
0: 75, Panel 2. Well, I'll admit, I might just be talking because I had a few beers on my lunch break earlier.
1: <clears throat> and that was a dramatic reading from Something is
0: Killing the Children. Volume one, guys, how weird he's is it? Out, that he's not our... actually drunk, and I just wanted to play it up like he is drunk. <laughs> I did have a couple beers at my lunch break earlier because I'm on vacation. Yeah,
1: that guy isn't, he's the corner that we'll talk <laughs> about when we review this
0: book. Something Which is, is now. On children <laughs> because we're in the main topic. <laughs> it's crazy how that works, All right. Um, yeah, main topic time, baby uh like we said up at the front of the show this is our trading policy for the month this was my pick uh and we're talking about something is killing the children volume one of this book being published by boom studios written by james tinian with art by uh werther Deladera. i believe i'm pronouncing that correct if not i apologize but this is a book that's been on my radar for a while, and we talked about it before on the show because I thought John had picked this for a look back. I thought I had read it, and apparently I had not. John believes he may have picked it for a list pick, but never wound up picking it up. Correct. Uh, so when I when I picked this, I was like, oh, yeah, like, the first one was good. Well, we'll go ahead with this. Uh, having not read it before, thinking I had. But guys... I effing loved this book, and I know John did too when he read it a month ago for the show. When he had the date wrong for it, I was on vacation.
2: I was traveling. I was sitting oh, on yes. this beautiful like brain. that's fine. Like, this beautiful like greenhouse that I was sitting in with all this light from the southern sun shining in on me, and uh, I sat and read this book and thought it was. So good! I bought the second volume and read that as well.
0: Uh, really love. Yeah, I I have a physical copy of it because Yanni wanted to read it, and I I bought it for her. I can't remember if it was like for her birthday or just like a, I was at the comic book shop and they had it, and I was like, oh, like they finally got volume one, and I'll pick this up. So she actually read this before I did. She's already read volume two, and she started reading one of like the side miniseries as well, but. She didn't keep up on it because the side miniseries picks up past the point she was at in the main book, so she's like, I don't know who these people are, I don't know what's going on, I'm gonna hold off on it. Um, but I texted her after I finished it. I was like, Yeah, I I love this. Um, Paul, you, initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. Uh, you know what? Because this is I not a in, Paul book. This is very much. I came in to be
1: in like uh, the first issue. I'm like, oh, okay this is gonna be like a buffy the vampire kind of thing she's she's the only one she's the chosen one she is the slayer of monsters uh, but you know what this this actually deals with like the psych she's so much better at the interpersonal and psychological ramifications of what is happening that I'm enjoying this character more than I did than I do like Buffy the vampire slayer like this is a person that is like she's resigned to the fact of this is who she is
0: like um i've yeah, been Buffy's watching. very uh, much like a i i just want to be a regular person and yeah. with uh, main character here erica slaughter uh she she knows like she's not like she's okay this is what i got to do and i look forward to learning more yeah. about uh her situation in how the she book,
2: she, to...
1: she does something with remorse more plot i feel it's more plot driven than character driven where she's like hey this is a one-way door once you you know but this is the only way that i can you know.
2: save save everyone right now mm-hmm. and she is more she's more interested in saving people and stopping yeah. monsters than she cares about
0: the rules yeah
2: yeah because I, I that's
0: i i think a good spot just to kind of jump in with the uh yeah. Actual premise of the book where small town kids are going missing, and then uh, something is killing the children, and nobody can figure out what it is. And then, young girl Erica Slaughter rolls into town and starts working with one of the kids who was a witness to a bunch of these grisly murders, uh, kind of sole survivor of this situation. And he's the only one that's going to have the information that she needs and he's trusting in her to be the only person he can trust to take care of this because everybody thinks he did it they're saying it's like a a rabid bear attack nobody nobody knows what's going on nobody uh, knows. even
1: see we see even before that that Erica Slaughter while this this killings are starting to happen in this small town she was wrapping up killing a monster in another small town with a young girl that was confined to a wagon because she's missing limbs yeah
2: and brutal, brutally mutilated yeah So and, we, uh,
1: we get a hint that she's willing to work with the victims of a monster attack in order to kill the monster like this is this is her modus operandi day she comes into town she befriends or befriends the person that has survived a
2: monster attack in order to track down and kill monster of said town Uh, And one of my one of my favorite parts of this, too, is when the police take her in because people have called like she's asking about things. She's doing stuff. We don't trust her. Police bring her in. She's like, listen. You can give me all the information you have so I can figure out what's happening. You can lock me up, but in a half hour, you're going to get a phone call and you're going to let me out and you're going to give me the stuff anyways. Mm -hmm. And it does. And it. Turns this kind of hard nosed sheriff who, when he gets that phone call mm-hmm. into just let her go, do this, don't do, you know like, and it's so counter to who that yeah. sheriff is that the deputy's like, well, something something got to rust. Like I gotta go do this. Like I can't I can't trust I can't trust his judgment right now. So I'm gonna I I gotta do my own investigation.
0: Doesn't always go the right way uh my favorite part is when she goes to the hardware store with the kid and the guy's like trying to sell her chainsaw he's like well this one you know it's got all these sensors on it so if you let go of it or drop it it instantly shuts off and she's like no show me the cheaper ones they're just going to cut through anything it's like (laughs) if i'm cutting up something that's really weird it's going to cut through it like it's not going to stop it's just going to gnaw away at everything and even the guy's like oh and she's like we'll take it i'm i'm paying cash (laughs) I, I there's not a lot to this character. Um but that's what I think makes her like so cool and fun and interesting because like I want to see more of that because she just walks into any situation that she's in and even though she seems to be like resigned to it to like your point. Mm-hmm. Like she's still owning that yeah. situation. Like she there's never feels like she's a slave to it. Like she's she owns it.
1: There's a confidence without arrogance that I really like about Erica Slaughter.
2: And it's because like, she's done it, she's done it so many times, <laughs> she understands where these people are coming from, she understands it all, and she doesn't blame them, because they're playing their roles in this situation, and she has to now just work around it. If she her,
1: she actually goes to that human element, when she's talking to the sheriff, She could just be like, hey, I've been here before. I know what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. But she actually like levels with him on a human level being like, look, you're going to look up that I came that I got off the bus and that bus came from this town where a bunch of things happened. And, you know, I wasn't involved with these killings because those killings started before I got off the bus. But you're going to lock me up anyways, because it'll make you feel like you're doing something. And because when because you want to feel like you're doing something, but that something's wrong, (laughs) like she levels with people on a human way instead of just being like above them. And like, I know what I'm doing. Get out of my way.
2: Yeah. And even when like even a star character would even when she goes to like that restaurant, it's open 24 hours. I'm going to give you 50 bucks. I'm going to leave my stuff here. I'm going to come and go. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with my stuff. We'll be we'll be good. Um, And then there's also like there's something is killing the children. There are monsters that are killing the children. And like she has some entity attached to a stuffed animal that she's getting supernatural information from. She talks to it. It's kind of this companion to her. but. She doesn't necessarily always trust it.
1: Nor should sure she. <laughs> yeah. Because we see. At the end. You know. At the end. That it leads the kid astray. Yeah. I'm forgetting the kid's name. Because. Honestly. He's just the kid. Yeah. He's. I was he's surprised by the ending of it. Because I'm like. Oh okay. That's what sets it up as a series. Because right now I'm like, oh, she goes to town to town, like this. So I'm, I don't really care about. As I was reading this first volume, knowing that it's a series, I came in with the assumption that, okay, I'm like, okay, this first series, we're gonna get in. We might get the setup for a recurring character, but none of these other characters are gonna matter. She's just going to go to a new town and start over again but uh you know there there is a, a setup here at the very end that made, makes you think that uh she's going to stay in this town for a while uh there was the price that uh the the manager of the apple beams <laughs> is not going to have to pay
2: cuz he's been infected with the something gold uh she infected him with a uh, a special thing that now allows him to see Monsters, and it's what she what ha, it's what happened to her that gave her the ability to do yeah, this. Yeah, because she has like the scar,
0: yeah, on like the side of her head, yeah. which I'm assuming is from the same thing.
1: Mm. But she's like a she's Erica Slaughter, so we're assuming she's related to like this is something that is destined to you know, handed down. This is a generational thing that she had to have this done to her because of her birthright it's it's
0: it could be a birthright like, thing i mean they do she, refer to it she as, has like,
1: deputized this guy
0: they refer to it as like the house of slaughter too like when they show okay. like the rest of the people like around the table and they have like different color masks on so slaughter might not be like a real name like even the the sheriff says like this isn't even laminated. This is just printed on paper when he gets her license. <laughs> like they're 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 all printed on paper.
1: Like But that Wisconsin important. license looked a lot like, like, a New like the New York one. Yes. It yeah.
0: It's
1: like um, I'm not sure if that's a Wisconsin driver's license. I think that's the
0: New like, York one. I feel like slaughter's more like a title than anything else. And I don't it might be like a bloodline thing or it might just be like a It's connected to the order that of monster hunters. Yeah. That's what my assumption was too, because if you notice, like there it is, um, oh, on the you know tables, what? like they all have stuffed animals too.
1: That's a Wisconsin driver's license. Is it really? And
0: driver? Yeah, yeah. I just looked up a Google image those, of uh, those Great Lake states. Maybe all have similar ones. So if like you're driving from state to state, you know what to look for. I don't know. We would have to see a Pennsylvania one to con- confirm. Uh, you no, know,
1: I'm gonna look up a Michiganer
0: one. Uh,
1: Ohio. Okay. Yeah. That's easier to uh, type. is it sound like four? No, no, the Ohio looks a lot different. Okay,
0: and then never mind. Um, yeah, uh, I think what there James... There your great lake theory. I think what James Kinney did on this is told, like, a story that instantly got me engaged in it, much like he did when we read The Woods, like, years ago. Uh, also, wind. Yeah. He, he does good freaky weird fantastic stuff and while wins a little bit more like all age appropriate than something like this or the woods was um it makes me ask why i haven't stayed on some of those books more because they're great like it even says on the cover of the physical copy like this wasn't a nominee for like 2020's best new series and now i kind of want to see what won that year because how could this not win uh fire uh um firepower one oh did it really oof that's a that's a good one too
2: i'm just guessing at that
0: okay um so we talked a lot about the story the characters the writing what do you guys feel about the art
2: uh the i think the art fits the the tone of the book perfectly uh i think it captures a realistic and not you know a quote-unquote you know, comic book realistic um kind of world. There's a uh, style I to it. it. I thought it was muddy in
1: places and sometimes when they do zoom in, especially on the monsters, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be looking looking no, at. that's it's because you're an adult. Um you can't know what you're looking oh, that at. Is true. Um like when there's this I'm trying to I'm trying to flip through it. I think it's like when the older brother that of the missing girl goes out to his car and the monster's like standing right in front of him and he doesn't quite see it. There's just, like a zoom in on the monster, but maybe I'm wrong.
2: Um,
1: no, it's just every once in a while
2: he hears okay. he goes, is anybody there? And the monster mm-hmm. is there as he's getting into his car. Okay, so that's
1: not the zoom, and there's like a there's like a couple panels every once in a while where it zooms in on like the monster, and I can't tell like what I'm supposed to be looking at on the monster. It's just color blobs, and maybe that's my own vision problem Good. because color blobs don't work for me <laughs>
0: uh Invisible Kingdom from uh, G. Willow Wilson one best news series that year, which is like a sci-fi kind of epic fantasy. Which I hadn't heard of before. Nothing yeah. against the book. It just it's, it wasn't on my radar when it popped up. But sounds like something we should do. I'm okay with checking that out. But um I I really enjoyed this. I think the artwork is muddied in spots where it's supposed to be muddied though, because anytime you see her actually out and about interacting with real people like it's all very uh clear i don't want to say crisp because uh deladero definitely does have like a scratchy style
2: i was gonna say sketchy style yeah
0: yeah and some of it might be in the coloring too at night because it's supposed to be kind of obscured i'm just looking for a close-up that paul might have been speaking of
2: yeah Um, i I haven't seen it, Paul. Like, there's images of the monster. Is it, like,
0: that one, maybe? Uh, Where she's, like... Oh, um, possibly.
1: It's, yeah, stuff like that.
2: Um, And I can see if you're reading
1: um, this on a... It's page, like, 109, uh, panel, like, two. Is that her leg that's, like, messed up? I'm not sure. And then, like, that whole page, like...
2: So one, like 109 After that I, fight. 109 it's that like I have, is a... she's got blood on her shoe. There's blood on her hand. She's pulling her camera, out, her phone out to answer it. Yeah,
1: that that sequence. I don't know. Was a little. Maybe it's because I'm reading it digitally. You know, I don't know. I don't know. There was a couple times. Uh, that I just was like okay what am i looking at here especially if you're doing the like guided almost guided view where you're like zoomed into for one from just into each panel um it's not a big deal i'm just picking the nits you know
2: with yeah it's fine i i didn't i didn't have that problem mm-hmm.
0: but you know
2: you I, can see all the
0: colors i can i didn't have an issue either but i'm also reading a physical copy of it so it could just look different to begin with too
2: yeah and i mean this difference i read the entire thing on my on my phone so maybe when you switched over to your computer and it was larger panels that were sliding across your screen maybe it
1: uh, it's definitely the um uh now that I'm reading it on the computer, and I can see like the full page versus like going panel by panel this it's a sequence where the little girl is getting a check at the start of chapter three.
0: oh, it's where the okay. kid's attacked by the monster, yeah, okay, and it's like yeah i I think that is supposed to be more obscured because you're seeing mm-hmm. it kind of from like the girl's point of view where she's being attacked by the monster, so you're just seeing like close ups of its mouth and like, Is it, yeah, to, like, like especially
1: the one that it goes like right before no nope, no please that reek. Um the panel in between help somebody help speak. No please no. That re that re I'm um, like what am I looking at? Is it the maw? Is it claws? I don't I, I don't know what I'm looking
0: at. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be its mouth, because it has almost <laughs> like a uh like a Cloverfield monster, like uh Predator like mouth. Okay. okay. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think that whole sequence was, I thought was really muddied, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. It looks like somebody else is already dead
2: in the room, maybe, or she's high like it. It's okay. killed her. It's killed her parents. And I think that those panels are supposed to build that tension that for getting away and this monster. But I didn't think it This monster parents. that you haven't seen. It's, I thought the monsters only killed kids, and that's the thing. Like it's, it has to. Well, kill these, all. these are. Uh, I don't know if this has happened. If this has been explained yet? Nope, hasn't been explained yet. Because it's right a, now, I believe that
1: it only kills monsters. Because Erica does say to him that these monsters kill, kill, kill children because you can see them, because you still believe in monsters. Then he's it's like, no, I don't. And you're like, yeah, but you kind of do.
2: It's explained like right in the beginning of
0: volume two. So that was going to be my next question. Uh, do you continue on? Because I I definitely will be. I didn't want to start it today. Um, like, Yanni told me where like the second volume is. And I was like, I'm going to hold off. Like, I don't want to like rush right into it. I want to kind of talk about it first and see. What you guys felt if this is something like we want to like continue on with, if we want to like go through volume two, if it's gonna be like, hey, maybe down the road. Yeah. Not not putting pressure on people. I did know um, how everyone else felt about the book. I've already read it.
2: <laughs> I I plan on reading. Uh, did you read it a month more. ago? <laughs> I did I did read it a month ago? <laughs> we gotta at least we gotta wait at least a month before we talk about it. So. I'll have to read it again, which I have no problems with it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed the series. I love, I love horror and it's a really great take on, on, on horror. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I thought everything just feel felt and flowed very well. And that's the one thing about James Tinian. Like he just can tell these really nice stories. um, the story gets, in the next volume, gets a little, I wouldn't say, it it's, gets involved in its own politics in this world um, with the House of Slaughter and stuff, which definitely changes the pace from volume one to volume two because it's a little less about just your no-holds-barred monster hunter coming into a small town and saving it. But it expands so much within it. Um, and you get to, you like, you like the main character even more at the end of the book, the second volume. So uh, this
1: I think it's. The first volume ends with like, oh, she has to stay in this town now. So these characters that we have met, this, the sheriff and everything, because the monster she was hunting wasn't just a monster. It was a mother of monsters and it's had kids and those kids are now killing the children so not only is something killing the children, she is now the something that is killing the children of the monster which I, I I like oh okay that's that's clever now that it worked the title works on two two different levels. not only is she hunting the things that are killing the children, she's killing the children that are killing the children.
0: But there was a moment in the book where like in one of the panels it says something is killing the children and I was like titular line <laughs> So tired of all these Star Wars. So tired of something killing all these children. <laughs> uh
2: yeah. I'm I'm glad that this book was picked. It was on my radar, but I probably wouldn't have gotten around to reading it. And um, I really like it. It Only popped up
0: on my radar because it was on your radar, and I thought <laughs> I just
1: read it. And it only popped gone. up on my radar because it was picked up by Netflix, uh, to become a series. Yeah, to be, and it was it Netflix or a yeah Netflix, yeah Netflix with James. Candy. They need if, they need to find something to fill that uh, Stranger Things void that's gonna come up real
2: soon. If they can hold as true to this book, um. I, I think it'd be a hit show. Like, I think people would really like it. Uh, I mean, it got you, Paul, like, yeah, I like uh, and this is not your kind of, this isn't your, your yeah. super taste in, in things. Right. But this is not coming from a
1: place where people aren't empowered. You know, sometimes like with horror, a lot of times the people are like, they're there for to be slaughtered. And Erica Slaughter is the exact opposite where she's definitely empowered to take on this crisis. And she has a plan. She knows how to do it. She's confident, but not overly arrogant. Like it, it's yeah. walking that line very well, where it's feels more. Yeah. It's horror, but it's more actiony because she's an action star hero, you know? So it doesn't feel horror to me. It feels more action. True. hero Because
2: I'm, because of the point of view it's taking. I just hope The Last of Us held so true to the game and is mm-hmm. such a favorite in TV right now. Like everybody's talking about it, everybody's liking it. That I hope that people who are adap- adapting comic books, storylines, this and that go, oh, People want to see the thing that they like without us putting extra bullshit and big crazy spiders and this, that and everything else in it. So they just do true adaptations with minor changes that work for the actual story, not because they have to stretch it out and make eight episodes or do this or that. Like. Just take that story and and tell it on from a from one medium to
0: another. Yeah, I think you know, audiences are much women's.
2: more
0: <laughs> But I think audiences are much more able to process weird stuff now because we've seen so much of it from sci-fi to horror. Like yeah. it's not like the movie of the train coming towards the screen and like people freaking out anymore. Like people understand media at this point. Like people are okay with storytelling uh some I'm hopeful, too. Yeah. And I'm okay
1: with people changing the recipe for uh, the, the Bell's uh, Two-Hearted with their experimental IPA. This is 6.8 alcohol by volume. And, um, again, this is this is still feels – this feels more like Two-Hearted than the Hazy-Hearted. Um, this is good. It's not as bitter. It's more smooth. I think there's that, you know, kind of uh, – not resin bitter, but that resin waxiness. I know this what resin smoothness that kind of like just lingers and it's decent. I enjoy this. Like if I saw a six pack of this, would I be tempted to pick it up? No, because there's so many other beers first to pick up, but I'm happy this is in the variety pack.
2: So would far, you now check out more cold IPAs? Cause this is a cold style IPA. Maybe. Maybe.
0: Because I really enjoy cold IPAs. Um, Paul, one of the beers that we had from Sideward when you had come down hmm. last year was a cold IPA. It was like, I don't remember what it was called. It was the one that had like the Viking oh. on the can. Um, I actually, I had another cold IPA. It was a collaboration between Sideward and Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Um, It was called Shiver. And I was actually trying to save one of them for... The podcast but i drank it because it was really <laughs> good um yep. so i'm going to try to get back to sideward at some point this week to grab more because i have a couple other beers coming out but my final beer from the night before we wrap up uh is a 6.7 percent um annual nut brown uh, from dead lizard brewing company and this one is actually the nut brown that you were talking about earlier john but this one has been aged in bourbon barrels for cool. six months mm. um I got one of the last four packs of this that they had. The uh, owner's wife was actually surprised that there was still one left in there um, because she thought they were all gone. So I'm happy to uh, be the proud owner of this because it has everything that you would want out of a very good nut brown. But it's just that light little smack of just like that nice bourbon like sweetness to it. Absolutely fantastic. Also 6.7%. It's not like a super big boy. Um, John just toasted my check into beers. Um, I, I'm i sad that they're closing down. I hope that they're able to find something better suited for what they're doing, what they want to do. Uh, they just had a successful campaign where they were trying to get investors uh, to come in so they could uh, begin canning more of their stuff and start to look into like bigger distribution because... I mean, they're a small, like, locally owned, like, family-run brewery in Orlando, Florida. Like, they basically just make beer, serve it there, some of the stuff you can get in cans to go. And then sometimes they have stuff they could get at um, City Works at Disney Springs. Like, they'll have something on tap over there that they've uh, kegged. So, they were looking at, finally, like, hey, all let right, right, let's, let's branch out and do more. And... <laughs> Then a couple months later, unfortunately, this happens. But uh, they're very positive. Like, they're already looking at a spot still under construction. So hopefully within the next couple months, I'll be able to go back uh, to a new Dead Lizard.
2: Yeah, that really stinks. That was like the first craft brewery we found um, when we had come down to visit you uh, um I think I was kind of I think I was up all night trying to find craft breweries by us. And there was like Gnarl Head and this and that and a lot more brew pubs than breweries. But we found that place and we all just really enjoyed uh, the beers there. And the atmosphere was fun. And I mean, that bar is like 10 feet long. You know, like it's a short bar. We sat there as we were sitting there, like the owner's kid was running around coloring and playing on tables behind us. And she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And we're like, no, we don't, we don't care. Yeah,
0: it's, whatever. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it was literally right around the corner from my old apartment. It's maybe like 10 minutes down the road from where I'm at now. Um, and I, I told like, cause very first thing, like when we went in, like the owner's wife was there and was like, Hey, you guys been here before? It's like, yeah. A few times she's like, Oh, well, do you know, like we're, we're closing down next week. And it's like, yeah saw that we wanted to come out one more time and I told her like this is a place that helped keep me sane during the pandemic because I was able to order like beer and food online and then just go pick it up and like when you were stuck inside home alone like going to breweries and getting like sandwiches and beer to go like that was the thing that was like okay this is kind of normal like and it it helped keep me sane during all that so They're having a kill the cake party this coming Friday night. Uh, She said there's going to be a lot of beer and a lot of tears. So she invited (laughs) us to come back. But hey, hopefully uh, no tears for you, dear listener, with uh, whatever's coming your way. Thanks for checking us out. Hopefully uh, we talked you into checking out a book maybe that you haven't uh, heard before. Maybe some beers you hadn't.
2: Uh, I think it's one of my top books that we've read for
0: trade and policy. Like I, 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 I agree. I, I really dug this one.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And if you dug us, please let us know. Uh, email us at bagnaboardcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on any of our socials. Chris does a great job by posting over on our Instagram and on our, our Facebook with the, you know, our dramatic reading, our show uh, artwork Letting you know that we just dropped a new episode. Uh, Appreciate any interaction that you want to do with us. Uh, Helps us keep going. So
2: thank you guys. And uh, we'll see you next week.